And they say it gets colder, you're bundled up now, wait till you get older But the media men beg to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture The ice we skate is getting pretty thin, the water's getting warm so you might as well swim You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team That's right, Team Talk is back Appreciate you hanging out, Sam Hauser here till 5 o'clock, and then we're going to a baseball doubleheader here in the final days of the first half of the season. We've already reached that point that we're coming up on the All-Star break next week. Really, the Home Run Derby is on Monday. The All-Star game is on Tuesday. We've already sailed through the first half of the season, so I'm going to bring you all the baseball here on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. But I teased before the break, why the title of NBA's most annoying player is completely unfair and off the mark. And everybody's, obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That's what we do on a, on a daily basis around here. But there was a story written about Damian Lillard last week that, with, with, that, ted, with that headline, Damian Lillard earning the new moniker NBA's most annoying player. To which I say... One, it's completely unfair. We're doing this, I, I, I mean, we do this on players' behalf, especially for somebody like Damian Lillard. Like, Lillard's not in the same conversation as, you know, guys like Kyrie and, and James Harden. I can understand the standpoint of, you know, just either do or don't, but make a decision already. But we do this on a lot of these guys' behalf as much as they do themselves. I mean, if you want to say he's the most annoying player, that credit really goes to to us in in the opinion business as much as Damian Lillard himself. I mean, there are players who are legitimately annoying in that regard because they want to be very, look at me. And even if he did, honestly, at, at this point, even if Damian Lillard did want to do look at me, he he's earned it. I really do believe that He's gotten to the point now, he he is one of the last of the dying breed of players who spend as much of their career with one team as as he has at this point, and on a, a non-championship contending team as he has with Portland. I mean, Dame, you know, Dame's had his playoff moments in the first and, and second rounds of the Western Conference playoffs, but at no point during the time that he's been there have the Trailblazers really been a legitimate championship threat? They've been a nice team in the West, but that's really been their ceiling. And so with all of that put together, I really do think he's earned immunity from all this. From most annoying player, he's being... Whatever you want to throw at him, at this point in his career, he's he's earned immunity because he did stick around and give Portland more chances than just about any player in today's NBA ever would. He's gone through some of the transformations in that league during this time in Portland. He's gone through some of the player empowerment movement, and now he's finally taking advantage of that. But he stuck around long enough, you don't get that many chances. You At some point... When it becomes clear you're going into a season and you know your team doesn't have a legitimate chance to win, I mean, fans turn on the team. Fans lose interest and say, you know, come back to me. Come back to me when you make make a splash trade or come back to me if you actually make it to a Western Conference final. So for these guys that have a limited playing career, I mean, I'm always... 
unless it is something where you know they're they're throwing the team under the bus on the way out or while they're still there and demanding a trade and saying, you know, I hate it here and this person's bad at their job. Unless it's something in the extreme end like that, I'm always going to be on the player's side anyway. But especially for a case like this with Dame Lillard, if you want to go to the just do it or don't but but make a decision already, a lot of that, I, I would assume, and you know, again, I'm not in Dame's head, I've never talked to him, but I get the sense that a lot of that is about non-basketball as much as it is basketball. For somebody who's become that synonymous with a team and with an entire city, I mean, that that becomes a lot of pressure where you feel like where, where you almost feel like you have an obligation beyond whatever contract you're signing, beyond the fact that you're getting. In, you know, that you're getting paid as much as you are, that there's almost like this obligation to to stay and to continue representing for for the fans and for you know being the 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 face of the city when it comes to professional sports and having that little bit of of self of maybe not self doubt but at least self questioning of you know what is it going to be like if I go somewhere else you know even if I go to a championship contender. Is it going to feel as good? Am I still going to feel as valued and as loved and as respected as I do in Portland? Because there are no guarantees. You're getting so you're still getting somebody who, even though he's, I think he's 33 at this point, 32, 33, somewhere in that range. I mean, you know, just using this as an example because so much of the talk is about linking uh, Dame to to Miami. His game is aging and will continue to age a lot better than Jimmy Butler's. Because, I mean, Dame takes care of his body. He doesn't take a lot of contact. He's not a slasher. He's not uh, He's not big go-to-the-basket guy. He's not, you know, trying to prove a point like Jimmy Butler does sometimes. So his game is going to age fine. He's still playing at an incredibly high level. He's still one of the most effective and efficient scorers in the NBA. But there's still a level of satisfaction when you are in the position that you're in it's either you know big fish in a small pond or small fish in a big pond you know whatever the whatever those sayings go and there are benefits to both and it can be a little I, I, I could understand if somebody was apprehensive to want to to step away from that not knowing what it's going to be like on the team he ends up with never mind the fact that the team he ends up on is going to get gutted and I still this has become a very divisive issue. Why, I don't know. If it's just because it's July and we need something to argue about, or whatever the reason is, it's become an incredibly divisive issue. And, and Heat fans, I will say, Heat fans get a little get get a little sensitive and get a little defensive. And so anytime anybody says anything bad about him, Heat fans get a little bit cranky. But to me, it's not a foregone conclusion that this, one, that this trade works out logistically, and two, that it works out championship-wise. I mean, t- to me, the, the the window is closing on this. If if Dame really wants to go to Miami and Portland wants to honor that and, and get the best deal for him, I mean, the Heat already lost Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, and the love of my playoff life, Cody Zeller. I mean, that's already four pieces right there that you no longer have to put together 
in this package. I mean, you still have you know some of the guys at the end of the bench. You just drafted Jaime Hawkins from UCLA, and Tyler Hero is going to be part of this in some regard. But whether or not that's going to be enough, and if it's going to be if there's going to be enough there for the Heat to win a championship with. Dame and Jimmy Butler were there at in their careers, and and as Bam, look, Bam was the Heat's best player in that series, in that final series. Now it's still not saying much, but still some inconsistencies along the way. And Seth Greenberg, our our friend of the show, friend of Scott Galetti, Seth Greenberg was on with uh, with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman this morning on ESPN Radio, and kind of got into a little bit more of this of how. This has a real chance of being a lose-lose. There's a no-win. There's a no-win for Portland in a lot of ways. You know what the interesting thing is? Like Damian Lillard, think about this. He's made $250,000 or so for a million dollars from, from Portland. He's owed another like two hundred and fifteen or $16 million. million? In last year's contract, he makes $63 million. So like, you sign a contract in good faith. Uh, and I understand being loyal to a player who's been so good to your organization, but that organization also has a responsibility to its season ticket holders and to its fans of, you know, getting a fair market value. And right now, I tell you, the more that Damian Lillard asks out, the less chance that Portland has to get fair market value. And, and their responsibility as a business, and everyone's in business, as a business. If they can't find a trade situation that makes them at least a push or better or builds them for the future, I know the NBA, you can't take off the rest of you know the league in terms of potential free agents, but how many free agents does Portland really get? I, I would say you've got to get the right deal or, or he's got to stick around because you know they lost all leverage when he made the demand to go to Miami. And the Heat do still have plenty of draft picks. Miami's, as long as Pat Riley's been in charge of that team, he, Pat Riley was the original F them picks. You know, that was the, the motto of, of Les Snead, the uh, GM of the Rams, the year they won the Super Bowl, and he put it on a t-shirt, F them picks. That's been Pat Riley's whole agenda for, for years and for decades now. And the Heat do still have picks that they can send on to Portland, but when it gets down to at this point, and I'm not saying that Gabe Vincent and Max Struess were sexy trade pieces anyway, but when it's getting now to Omar Yurtsevin and Jaime Hawkins, who you just drafted, and Nikola Jovic, Haywood Highsmith, I mean, obviously Tyler Hero is going to be a part of that. This is feeling like it's not going to be a smooth situation, and then there's you know there's only a few places that Dame wants to go, and if a team makes him a better offer and he doesn't want to go there, then you know we can start maybe getting into the conversations of most annoying player. But even then, he's he's as much as a player can be in a position to have earned some kind of dictating how this is going to go. He is still at that point. 